I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How you doing, Gary Jr.? I'm doing good, and I want to say happy New Year's to all the listeners out there. Yes, happy New Year's, and hopefully everyone, everyone had a joyous and Merry Christmas in 2021, and I'm just looking forward to uh, 2022 as we're into the first week of 2022, and God has blessed us all to be able to uh, to be here for, for that time, and talk about the NBA and the standings as we look at them on this uh, first week of 2022. Gary, I am not surprised, but, you know, I'm happy about this. The first place team in the East would be the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Who would have thought that? They are 24 and 10 as of our recording today. Uh, doing extremely well, playing good basketball. We're going to talk about in greater detail what they've been able to do and how they've been able to do it because they're an interesting uh, group of players. And, you know, I am not surprised, but I am, and I can't say that pleased because I never thought too highly of this guy, but I am pleased that he's doing so well. And that is DeRosa. I mean, DeRosa's having a fantastic year, uh, number five in scoring, 26.8. But as I've said in past recordings, Gary, they have a dynamic duel that's the most productive duel in the NBA today because DeRosa's averaging 26.8 and is in the number five spot as far as the leading scores in the NBA would be concerned. But his running mate, Levine, is averaging 26 Point three. They're both averaging over 26 points a game, which is absolutely fantastic. But they have more than just those two players doing well. They have a supporting cast, which we'll talk about in a minute, Gary. But the Bulls are in first place, 24 and 10. Uh, the Nets, they've been pretty steady, Gary, holding now at uh, in the second place spot at 23 and 11. Before I leave the Bulls, the Bulls won seven in a row guys. They've won seven in a row, and they won eight out of their last 10 games to put them in first place because in our last recording, they were not in first place, but they are now, and they're going going well. Uh, the Bucks have been in third place for most of the year. Uh, they're 25 and 13. They have a six-game winning streak on seven and three over the last 10 games. The Heat's been about in the fourth or fifth spot all year as well. They're 23 and 13, well over 500 with five-game winning streak. Uh, they've finished 8-2 and two as well in the last 10 games. And then you have the team that we featured in a recent broadcast, and that is the Cavs. The Cavs are 20-16, and 16, and we're going to talk about how they've been able to do it. Uh, they've lost the last three games in a row, but they're 6-4 and four over the last 10 games. The 76ers, now you got the teams that were very, very strong last year, that being the 76ers. Well, the 76ers are 19 and 16 with a three-game winning streak. They're five and five. And then you look at the Celtics. They're barely, if you're looking at the top 10 teams in the NBA, they're barely hanging out in that ninth spot. They're 17 and 19, just above 
just below the, the, the Wizards, who are 18 and 18, and the Hornets, who are 19 and 17 with a, with a three-game winning streak. LaMelo Ball is doing extremely well also, Gary. He's averaging about 20 points a game, eight assists a game, and 7.6 rebounds a game. The, the Wizards are doing well. Well, Beal is doing very well. Beal's averaging 23.6 points a game, the 14th leading scorer in the NBA. And then you have all the rest of the teams, and I hate to put the Hawks in that category because I like that young team, but they're only 16 and, and, and 19. They lost, they only won three games out of the last 10 games. So they're kind of struggling and as the, the Raptors are. No one's struggling as badly as the Pistons, who have only won six games while losing 28 games. Uh, so that's the East, Gary. I'm going to make any comments about that before I switch over to the West. And then I'm going to dig in a little deeper, dig in a little deeper at how those Bulls have been winning so so much and also to, to look at those Cavs. Uh, they have been able to uh, you know have a winning record just about the entire season. And and, and it should be, uh, you know, it's, it's very noteworthy as far as I'm concerned. So, Gary? So, uh, first off, you know, let's give the Cleveland Cavaliers credit because I thought it would just be a blimp as as most people probably did about on the way they're playing. But, uh, you know, they made a great pickup uh, adding Ricky Rubio to their team. Unfortunately, he's off for the season now with a torn ACL. But replacing him with Rondo, uh, you know, if Rondo can just, you know, be, you know, 75% of what he used to be, that will help the Cleveland Cavaliers a lot because, you know, they just need a guy to move the basketball. The Cavs are a young team that just need, you know, some type of leader at the point guard position. And I think we all think that Rajon Rondo can be that guy for them. Um, also, Kevin Love's playing really well for the Cavs as well. Uh, you know, per 36 minutes, he's having 32 points a game, which basically means if he was playing 36 minutes a game, that's how many points he would be averaging if he kept that, that mm-hmm. average up. Uh, but – you know, I guess we can talk about the Chicago Bulls. I think they're a blimp. I don't Again, really. Hey, Gary, before before you go to the Bulls, let me just chime in right now about the about the Cavs. You know, what's remarkable about them to me, Gary, is that they have literally eight ball players, eight, who have played more than you know eleven games, who are averaging double figures. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. You have Darius Garland's averaging nineteen point five points a game. You got Jared Allen, who's a great rebounder, averaging about 10.7 rebounds a game. He's scoring 16 points a game. You have Saxton is averaging 16 points a game. He's only played 11 games, but he's averaging 16 points a game. And as you mentioned already, Kevin Love, though he's only played uh, 28 games, is averaging 14.4 points a game. Mobley, Evan Mobley from USC, who I've I thought it was a great pickup for the Cavs. Is averaging 14 points, four points a game. Uh, Markinen, a power forward, playing about 27 games thus far, is averaging 13.4 points a game. We're going to miss Rubio. He was averaging 13.1 points a game in 34 games. And then you skip down to to uh, Osmond. Osmond, a small forward, averaging 11.5 points a game. So they they have done it with with extreme extreme balance scoring. And uh, and obviously good coaching. So I, you know, the Cavs. I think you know they're they're here to stay. I think they're going to be uh, definitely in the in the playoffs uh, talk this year. I don't I don't see them falling out uh, of the playoffs scenario at this. You know, they're already we're at we've played almost half the season. We're played thirty six games. Uh, so we're getting close to uh, half 
the season being uh, being gone, and and they're playing great basketball. Well, Colin Sexton's out for the year, so it's really Sexton's out guy. again. Okay, yeah, yeah he's out mm-hmm. for the year. But like I was mentioning with the Chicago Bulls, um, them being in first place, you know, it's it's great, I guess, for them as a young team. But they're going to be uh, judged by what they do in the postseason. No one trusts Demar Derozan in the postseason. Zach Levine's never been in a postseason game, and neither and neither has Lonzo Ball. So we don't really trust that. At least I don't trust that team at all in the postseason. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, they've had two tough games um, back-to-back losing to the Sixers, um, you know, in the most recent game. And that was, you know, one of those games where Kevin Durant had a great game. I'm sorry, uh, the Sixers and Clippers. Uh, you know, the Clippers was a bad loss because that team – uh, you know, was short. But, you know, it's Kevin Durant's second game back from being off the COVID list. So mm, mm. it's not too much of a surprise to me um, that, that this is the case. And also, you know, the the Clippers probably felt embarrassed for losing to the Brooklyn Nets uh, in uh, L.A. without Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, and other other guys who were out. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, so it probably was a redemption game for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it doesn't surprise me because Brooklyn, you know, has been on the COVID list, and the Chicago Bulls, for the most part, have not been on the COVID. So you know, it's it's a little bit of a stumble for Brooklyn, but they'll be fine. And also, Brooklyn has to make up a few games because some of the games got postponed. Mm. So, so from that note, you know, uh, but all, you know, it's the way it is. But all in all, I'm not surprised with the top four. I think that the top four will probably be. Um, that way, you know, for the rest of the season, all four of those teams are really good teams. And also the Miami Heat have guys on the COVID list as well. So COVID definitely, you know, has hurt a lot of teams over the last few weeks. So it's not as surprising to me to see certain teams in certain spots. Um, but I think it is time for a team who's in the 10th spot and the 11th spot, the Celtics and Knicks, to make a move during the trade deadline, you know, in the next, you know, month or so, because they're going to need to add one more player to their team uh, to help them. Uh, but even Boston has Dennis Schroeder, who's on the COVID list. Mm. Marcus And Marcus Smart has had a, um, you know, a cut in his thumb, so he hasn't been able to play either. So it may just come down to, and it's sad to say, but, you know, just like 2021 and 2020, whoever is off the COVID list is going to have the best chance to win this you know, this uh, this conference and maybe get to the NBA Finals this year, which is sad to say. It would be if that's the case, Gary. And and, and I tell you, I, I even looked at a college game over the last few days and, and the Seton Hall against Villanova, and Seton Hall only had two players sitting on the bench. The other five were playing, obviously. But that was not good. <laughs> that was not good. I think they had a third player. I don't know where he was, but he definitely was. I didn't see him in uniform on the bench. But it's it's really having you know running. It's uh, you know, running. It's it's been a, a challenge for for a lot of these teams on the college level as well to put together a, a squad that can be competitive. And you have to play who you have. And in NBA, it's it really hurts to, to see that um, one of the star one of the star players would fall on that on the COVID list. So we have to keep praying that that will, will soon go away. Hopefully we'll be able to handle it better. Uh, but looking at the, the Bulls, Gary, you mentioned them briefly. I wanted to kind of elaborate on, on that. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. They, 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 
have not proven themselves to be a playoff team as far as going deep into the the playoffs. I I think they'll just be thrilled to be in the playoffs, and, and that, that's a great be a great feeling for them. And I'm I'm also very happy that they're they are actually the leading team in the East, and 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 that says a lot over over teams like the defending champions, the Bucks. I'm going to talk about them. I'll try to elaborate a little bit more about them a little later. And of course, the the, uh, the loaded nets and and to be able to to be above those guys. Well, they got five guys who are averaging double figures. You have Kobe White, who's averaging ten point four games, four points a game uh, from the University of North Carolina. You, Lonzo Ball, I'm sure he's glad to get out of well the Lakers and maybe not as happy to be out of. Yeah, he's probably happy to be out of New Orleans as well, averaging thirteen point two points a game and leading the team in assists with five assists a game. And then their center is doing very well. He's averaging 16 points a game and getting about 11 and a half rebounds a game. That's a Volcevich, Nikola Volcevich, Gary. He's he's playing very good basketball. Also getting about three assists a game. And so they are they're solid. And Alex Caruso, another Laker reject, is one of the top players in the NBA in steals, averaging over two steals a game. Um, Vucevic is also one of the top shot blockers in the game. And so you, you put all those pieces together, the most dynamic, the best dynamic duel in basketball, in my estimation right now, along with some complimentary players and other players who are coming off the bench and playing solid basketball. And you have a team that's sitting at 24 and 10, which is truly, truly outstanding. Uh, so, so Gary, and as far as the, the, the other Eastern teams, I gotta mention the the Bucks as well because they have a solid team. The, the you know the Bucks, the Greek freak. I mean, he's playing great basketball, but you know as usual. And and so sometimes you kind of take him for granted. You know, he's averaging twenty seven point eight points a game, which ranks him second in the NBA in scoring. He's above he's above Steph, below Durant, getting eleven point six rebounds a game. That's par for the course for him, and getting about six assists a game playing great basketball. So um, the, the Greek freak is, is leading the Bucks as he has in, in years past. And even though I don't see him win another MVP award this year, he has to be in the conversation. Uh, just like I'm going to get to the West and talk about some other folks. I'll hold off on that. But the bottom line of it is uh, the, you know, the Bucks are going to be there. The Heat's going to be there. And I'm happy to be able to say that the Cavs, I strongly believe, are going to be there. I don't know about that. I really don't know about the 76ers, Gary. I think they do have to make a move. I agree with you. I don't know about the Hornets. You know, the, I mentioned LaMelo having a good year. Uh, Hayward's averaging about 17 points a game as well. The Wizards, yeah, I, you know, they, they've won three games out of the last 10. Uh, you know, those teams are just kind of just there. I'm happy that Randall's playing a better basketball. He's not averaging 20 points a game like he was last year, but he's getting 10 rebounds like he did last year and about five assists. But the Knicks are playing better basketball since they've injected uh, Walker back and Kimmel Walker back into the starting lineup. But they're just 17 and 19. So the team that's a surprise to me, I don't know when they're going to start to gel and move forward. And that, that's the, the Hawks. But they were got off to a slow start last year. But you got a guy like Trey Young, who's fourth in the league in scoring at 27.5 points a game and the third best player in the NBA with an assist, 9.4 points a game. You have Capella getting 13.2 rebounds a game, and they're still well below 500 at this point in time. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the, uh, the with the Knicks and with the Celtics and the Wizards and, and the Hawks. Uh, they have plenty of time to prove themselves, but 
I also you know see it see the top tier teams uh, staying in in playoff contention um, throughout the balance of this year. Yes, I agree with you. I think uh, you know well first with the Milwaukee Bucks, they've had injuries as well, and mm-hmm. and again maybe this is just me not being a fan of the Chicago Bulls at this moment. But that's another reason why the uh, the Bulls are ahead of the Bucks as well. The Bulls. I'm sorry, the Bucks had a lot of injuries early on in the season, and they're just trying to catch up and kind mm-hmm. of catch their wind a little bit. But, you know, it'll be very exciting to see, uh, you know, how the Eastern Conference playoffs uh, play out. Um, you know, I don't really want to talk about the other teams because they're kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. you know, the, you're absolutely, you know, you're the, absolutely right. The Atlanta Hawks, you know, they, you know, they just got to get healthy. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, that's their bottom line. The Sixers don't have Ben Simmons. They don't have yeah, a real yeah. replacement for Ben Simmons. Even though, you know, we are not big Ben Simmons fans, he is in the Eastern Conference an all-star and the Western Conference a borderline all-star. So, you know, he's, you know, he still is a legit player. So, you know, they don't even have him on the court. Well, they may not have him on the court. You know, if I was Daryl Morey, I would have had him on the court for the next three and a half years. That's just me personally. But, <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's uh. I just got to say, every time I see the Wizards in the playoffs, I just have to think, I wonder what LeBron James is thinking. I know we're going to get in the Western Conference in a minute, but when three of the players that were on your team that you did not want on your team <laughs> are are currently in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, that has to say something. No, I, I hear it, guy. I, I do hear it. That's it. You know, we we talked about how LeBron Castaways have done extremely well. Julius Randle, I know Julius Randle was not technically a castaway from LeBron, but we know LeBron didn't care for him, and he, but he left for other reasons. Uh, but you know, it's 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 amazing how uh, Kuzma's doing well with the Wizards and helping the Wizards. Wizards are a playoff team now. Uh, the Lakers, you know, yeah, you can say they're a playoff team. They are technically speaking, they're in the seventh spot with a losing record, but. Uh, you know, it's it's it is kind of interesting how fate kind of does its thing, so to speak, and 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 people that you cast aside are all of a sudden are are doing well, very well. I I think of uh, at least me too, um, quite frankly, Gary, to the Timberwolves, and I'm, I'm talking about the West right now, and I'll I'll jump right to to the Timberwolves, even though we don't give them much love in on our program. I will tonight. Uh, yeah, we we we've seen how Golden State are leading the pack, the best team in basketball at this time, as far as their record would be concerned, playing 800 basketball. Uh, yeah, 800 basketball. They're 28 and seven. They won seven out of their last 10 games, the Golden State Warriors. The Suns have been always first or second all year long. Uh, they're 27 and eight, won six out of their last four. The Jazz have been number three just about the entire year as well. They're 26 and 13, having won seven out of their last 10. The Grizzlies saw them play the other day, and I'm I'm a John jo Morant fan, I tell you. And we'll talk about him a little later. They're 13 and 14, won seven out of their last 10, including four games in a row. Uh, the Joker is playing is back and playing well. He's averaging 18 point. I'm sorry, the team is 18 and 16, having won their last three games in a row in six and four. The Clippers, they're gonna have they're, they're struggling. They're two big superstars, their dynamic duel, not there. They're 19 and 18, four and six. And then in that seventh spot, we talked about them earlier, that being the Lakers, they're 18 and 19, uh, four and six. 
You can say, hey, you can't blame LeBron. Well, LeBron's averaging uh, 28.6 points a game in his last 25 games, averaging 7.5 rebounds, 6.6 assists. He is putting the ball in the hole. The team is losing, but he is scoring. Uh, is he been clutch? Well, don't let people make that determination. I still think LeBron should not try to do it all and try to be in the ball down the court all the time, play point guard, point point forward, point set, whatever. I think that he should try to better tie his talents to the need of the needs of the game. I think one time he played with his back toward the basket in one game, Gary, you can talk about that a little later. And the team did well. And and, and at times he could post up and and really put some strong numbers on the board. Keeping in mind players who posted up who were also six, eight or so. Um, Moses Malone, I can think of a bunch of players who posted up at his size and strength, and they had great careers. And so LeBron, some may have to look at me at, at his game and looking at trying to, uh, I think, alter it somewhat. And I think he can be more productive and more helpful to his team. The Mavs are 17 and 18. They're, they've won five and five in the last 10 games. And then the Timberwolves are 16 and 19, but five and five. The Kings, in that tenth spot, fifteen and twenty-two, lost, losing four out of the last, winning four out of the last ten games. So as you can see, Gary, the West—they're not doing as well as the East as far as winning games. But let me just go back to uh, those those Timberwolves because once again, you have the LeBron castaway. D'Angelo Russell is playing great basketball. He's averaging about nineteen points a game, getting four rebounds a game, about seven assists a game, and then they have. Anthony Edwards, the Timberwolves, he's getting 22 points a game. And then you have their best player, Carl Anthony Towns, who's averaging 24.5 points a game, 9.1 rebounds a game, and 3.6 points assists a game. Uh, he tragically lost his, his parents from, from COVID last year, last year. They're a strong team. I saw them play against the Lakers. They hit them up. And, and the bottom line of it is the Timberwolves are a young team, a team that uh, has a great future and will do better and better as this year will go on and in future years. They are just that strong. When you got three three players, all of them averaging an, an average of over 20 points a game with you know D'Angelo Russell's at 19, but the, but Carly Carly Anthony Towns is at 24, 25. So they got they got a, a threesome that's very dynamic and very powerful, Gary, that people in the NBA must take notice of. But you know, you have the castaway of D'Angelo Russell. On that team, um, any cool? Well, can I say something? Go ahead. I'll, I'll yeah, pause and then. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, D'Angelo Russell is not a LeBron castaway. He's a Magic Johnson castaway. Magic okay. Johnson okay. Traded him to draft Lonzo Ball. Oh, that that's the right. reason why. You're right. You're right. You're right. D'Angelo Russell. That is right. Uh, but sorry about that, LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't LeBron's fault. That was the other guy that's not good at being a GM. Okay. Okay. Great player though. Obviously. One of the best. But, One of the best. But uh, you know, I want to talk about Minnesota even more for a second, and I want to ask you this question: mm -hmm. uh, Why do you think Carl Anthony Towns doesn't get mentioned with the best big men in the NBA? It, it's a shame, Gary. He ate up Anthony Davis before Anthony Davis got injured uh, in that game. He just ate him up. I mean, literally ate him up from every aspect of the game, shooting from the outside, posting up, rebounding, playing defense, clogging the middle, blocking shots, you name it, he did it, did it better than anybody on the court. You know, it's it's something when you play in Minnesota, uh, it's it, it's a sad 
sad commentary. I mean, Kevin Love, you know, he's an up and down career, but mostly up, quite frankly. But in Minnesota, he had great numbers, but you know, no one really cared about him that much. And then he played for Cleveland and they won a championship with LeBron. But, you know, you go to Minnesota, and it's a sad thing. It's like uh, you just don't get the, the media attention and – and and it's unfortunate because, but I think I think that now they're they're, they're on people's radar. I, I think that Minnesota, you look at you look at Memphis with Brooks and and John Morant, Morant these these young teams, they're 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 going to be the future of the NBA, and and people are going to have to just come come to grips with it. And you, when you got great players on on a certain team, the NBA, Mr. Commissioner, you got to give these guys some attention. And ESPN, you got to you got to make some adjustments in your schedule. We don't want to see the 76ers every day. We don't want to see the Lakers on TV other every other week, other every other game. We want to see some of this young talent that's out there because there's some fantastic basketball players out there. John Morant was just eating up people the other day on TV. Just, it was just just great to see. You know, we we've talked about the Jazz. The well, Jazz I, get their go, go ahead. Let me jump in for a second. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I don't want to get too much off off of the topic that I was just mentioning, but. The answer to the question, I kind of had my own answer to, the, to my own question, okay. mm -hmm. is the fact that what's the difference between Memphis and Minnesota? It's very simple. Memphis made the playoffs last year. Minnesota has never has only made the playoffs one time where Carl Anthony Towns was there. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's not the fact that he's in Minnesota because Kevin Garnett got a lot of press when he was in Minnesota. Yeah, good point. Good it's point. Just that you, it's just, and Kevin Love never won in Minnesota. Good you have point. to win in order to get the, the credit. But let me just say this. I personally think right now he's a better player than Anthony Davis is right now. Mm -hmm. And that would make him a top three big man in the you know in the NBA behind Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic or whatever one you want to say is one and two. Then it's Carl mm -hmm. Anthony Towns. It's not Anthony mm -hmm. Davis. And I think, you know, that that uh, Minnesota deserves more credit for that, and he deserves more credit as well for you know for becoming a better player, um, you know throughout. And they do have a a big three, a very young one, and I hope they stick together. But the truth is, as long as the NBA has LeBron James, they're going to keep showing LeBron James games. And even you know even the fact that we just brought up that we saw Carl Anthony Towns play against the Lakers. That's how we you know that's how people are. Are knowing these other teams is basically as the NBA is the local network for the Lakers because LeBron plays for the Lakers. And mm -hmm. I think that's a terrible, terrible um, way of doing of doing business because there's there's so many great players in the NBA. Every team really has one player that's a really good player, unless you're you know Detroit. Or, no, they have Grant. Know, and, they have Grant. He's good. He's a good player. He's not. He's not an elite player. That's that. That's my point. I'm talking about elite players. Okay. Where where if you put Jeremy Grant on the Dallas Mavericks, he's the third best player on the team. Yeah. But you know, but most teams have an elite player that you never see. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox is never on TV. De'Aaron yeah. Fox is a great player. It's just that. People don't get a chance to see them, and people don't get a chance to see that Sacramento is actually a good basketball team. They they are just one piece away from becoming a really good basketball team. And you know, I think it's I think it's sad that this is happening, especially the fact that the Lakers are not playing well this season. Now we all expect the Lakers to play better as the season goes on. Obviously, we don't expect them to stay in the seventh spot. At least I don't. 
expect them to stay in the seventh spot. I expect them to, to at least get up to the sixth spot, maybe even the fifth spot. But, um, you know, I feel like these other teams should be talked about more. And and one of those teams, it, you know, is the team you're about to mention, Utah Jazz. You know, they're just getting overlooked, you know, for the second straight year in a row because they didn't show up in the postseason. Yeah. So Good point. Good point. But they're, but they're a great team, and I think more. I think they should be also shown more because they are a complete basketball team. They don't really have any weaknesses on the court besides injuries with Mike Conley and and yeah. and, and uh, Joe Ingles. They're very, like that. They're very strong team. I, I think that what what also would would show itself in, in the East and in the West is that when you do have more balanced scoring or uh, you get more players involved. Your your team can't sustain the 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 COVID to the world or the injuries of the world, et cetera. I think that's why the Bucks have been able to kind of hang in there because they have they they have player down and player up, et cetera, et cetera, over the course of a year. And they, with the Greek freak always being kind of healthy and not having COVID, you know, they've won twenty five out of, of out of their their first thirty eight games. But uh, you look at you mentioned the Jazz, and we talked about them briefly. But you look at the top two teams. Let's deal with them first. And you look at Golden State, and you say, "Well, oh, you know, they're twenty-eight and seven. It must be all oh, it's Steph Curry. It's just Steph Curry scoring. You know, his twenty-seven point seven points a game, third in the NBA. Uh, no, it's more than Steph Curry, folks. You got Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's averaging about eighteen points a game, getting three assists, three rebounds a game. It's a small guard." You got Wiggins. Wiggins also used to play for the Timberwolves. He's averaging 19 points a game, getting four point, getting about five rebounds a game, a couple of assists a game. And then I know you don't like this guy, Gary, but you got Draymond Green. Draymond Green doesn't score a lot of points. He's averaging 8.4 points a game. Okay, shoot him for that. However, he's getting eight rebounds and seven and a half assists and a block or so a game. He is playing outstanding basketball overall. He's like a point power forward, and really the glue of the team. Gal was the, on the team as well. They don't know he's getting up there in age, but still he's playing solid basketball. And once you get their center, Wiseman comes back, and once once we got Clay Thompson, that team is going to be. I don't know. They're already the best. The best record in the NBA. They're going to just get stronger. But they're getting stronger because they 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 play a a, a good number of players. Speaking of playing a good number of players, and I'll let you chime in on my comments on Golden State. The Suns are a classic example. They have eight players averaging double figures right now. You have Booker, yes, averaging 23.6. If he played more, took more shots, probably give you even higher than that. You got Anton, who's one of the best big men in the game. He's averaging 17 points a game, getting 11.1 assists a game. You got McGee. Who I've always liked, Gary, as you know, and I always, <laughs> you know, I know Shaq made fun of him all the time. So Shaq and the but McGee is averaging double figures. He's getting 7.4 rebounds a game. He's shooting a high percentage because most of them are dunks. He's their backup center getting 10 points a game. You got you got Bridges averaging about 11.9. You got Cameron Johnson averaging 11.3. You got Cameron Payne averaging 10.6, coming off the bench, filling in for for, for Chris Paul, oh, yeah, he's a leader, second in, in assists, averaging about 10 assists a game while getting 14 and a half points a game. You got Kaminsky. I mean, I thought the guy was gone from the NBA. Well, 
he's getting about 11 points a game. You got, uh, I mentioned McGee at 10.5. And then you got Jay Crowder getting almost 10 points a game. And you wonder, you shouldn't be, why they're they're 27 and 8. Well, when you got a team with that balance and the, the coach of the year, you're going to have a great, great record. And and that's and I applaud that. I think the teams that are just so-called top-heavy, like the Celtics have put together their team, is basically Tatum, uh, Tatum and, and, and and Brown. You know, when then one of them are out, then you just lose a bunch of games. You know, they're they're struggling. And the Knicks are struggling because Kimba wasn't doing well. Now they got him back, hopefully he'll, he'll – He'll stay on track. But the teams that seem to have a, a number of players that can gel together well, I mentioned before, the Cavs, you know, they have eight players who are averaging double figures. It, it does allow you to do well uh, and be able to sustain the ups and downs of, of the season. Um, you mentioned Przezinski, so you mentioned Dallas, and Przezinski's just having a good year, Gary. In fact, I know I joked about him when he got drafted. I said, this skinny kid's not going to last long. Well, he's averaging 20.6 20, 20. points a game, eight rebounds a game, 2.3 assists a game. So I wanted to mention that because he, he does deserve that that type of shout-out. Uh, I know you like Fox. I just haven't seen the guy play that much. But he's averaging 20 points a game, 3.5 3. rebounds, and about five five assists a game. Uh, just to mention those two, two players out of the blue. But the bottom line of it is teams that have a real strong core of players that they can shuffle in, five, they can really have a solid rotation. They can get through the entire 82-game season. They can get through this COVID pandemic situation far better than the teams that are not that well-balanced. Um, yeah, granted, the Nuggets have slugged their way through with a lot of injuries, a lot of with COVID, et cetera. And they're still in the middle of the pack. You know, they've got an 18 and 16 record. But uh, the teams that are at the top, the cream being at the top, you, you know, the Jazz are doing extremely well with you know, Donovan Mitchell, 25.6 points a game that he's averaging. You know, I've always talked highly about Gobert. The guy's averaging 15 rebounds a game. We have to go back several years to find the last guy that's gotten 15 rebounds a game in the NBA. And he's also one of the top shot blockers, number two in the league in blocking shots as a former defensive player of the year. I've always had him on my short list of MVP candidates, and you've always pooed that, and I, I, I understand that because I say I put him in that category. Almost tongue-in-cheek, but I'd like to show a little love for guys who do their job well, and he plays center as well as you can play center. Um, and so, because he does average several figures as well. Um, the, 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 the West is very strong, Gary, and, and, and the teams, you know, obviously they're on – in the wee hours in the morning for the East Coast, but they're a joy to see, and and they're and I, I love seeing the, the Suns play Jazz. I haven't seen the Grizzlies much, but I did see them the other day, and of course Golden State. You know the Clippers and Lakers. The, you know the, the 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 teams with all the glitter. They're just not going to be there, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Gary. I don't know. They'll probably be in the playoffs. They're hanging there that eight or nine spot or whatever, playing game or whatever they're going to call it. But I, I just don't see them being above or, or, or making any dent with the Golden State Warriors or the Suns or the Jazz. And the way the Grizzlies look, I don't see them challenging the Grizzlies. I don't see them challenging the Nuggets. And so uh, the Mavs, they, they'll probably do something. They'll probably be above them. But the Timberwolves, I, I see them challenging them. And but So with that being the case, they'll still make the playoffs because the Spurs and the Thunder and the Trailblazers Trail are just falling off the map. They're like 13 and... 13 and 22 or something like that. They lost like 
eight of their last 10 games. And so they're going to make the playoffs because there's no way they can't make the playoffs. But are they going to make a run for in the playoffs? No. No, I don't see the Lakers, even when those guys come back, and obviously they'll be pretty well rested since they would have missed so much of the season. Um, I'm talking about the Clippers now. I, I just don't see I don't see them being a real threat for for a title this year. Those two teams. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>